Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can turn with me, we're picking up as we're going through the book of Revelation. So we're in Revelation chapter 11, picking up in verse 9. We're still looking at the three witnesses. So this is part three of the, excuse me, the two witnesses. This is part three of the two witnesses. As believers, we're called to share our faith. We're called to be witnesses. We've been looking at the two witnesses. We're going to be looking at them again in a little more depth. But that's what we're called to do. A while back, I was with some friends, and we were out on the Greenbelt here in Sunset Beach, and we were handing out gospel tracts, we were handing out uh, invites for the church, and we were just sharing with people, sharing the gospel with people, and one of the ladies that I handed a tract to, or invite to the church, probably both, but uh, she was walking her dog, and as I gave her the information, I handed it to her, she smiled, and I realized it was Sandra Bullock, the actress. So at first I was like a little taken back and like, you know, a little intimidated. I'm thinking, wait a second, she needs Jesus. And so I shared with her, I, I shared the gospel, I shared the Lord, I was talking to her about the things of the Lord and, and she was just all cutesy and everything. And so I, I said to her, I said, Sandra, ask, you know, answer me this question, what do you do with your sin? And it was good, she, she did, a, look what she did, she thought, she went like this, she goes, I look at my mistakes and I try to learn from my mistakes, and then I do better. And then she walks, she started walking. I said, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I said, that sounds good. I says, but you can't do better. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And so I was able to share some more with her about the Lord and all. And, and she listened, and she took the information. She said, thank you. And she never showed up to church, so we, we still pray for her. But again, we're called to share, no matter who it is. Everybody, listen, everybody needs Jesus. No matter how popular you are, no matter how rich you are, no matter what you have, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have heaven. And we're called to share that. We're called to share the gospel. These two witnesses have a powerful testimony. They're called prophets. They share. They prophesy. They're used in a mighty way. And I believe they're coming soon. They're going to be on this earth for three and a half years only. We're here for a short period of time. What are we doing with our time? I'm going to look at these few verses. I'm going to ask you, please stand with me, and I'm going to read Revelation chapter 11. I'm going to read verses 9 to 14. And, and yes, I think we're going to make it to 14 this time, though. John the Apostle writes, verse 9, Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies. That's the two witnesses laying in the streets. They were killed by, I believe it's the Satan, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit. So they're killed. This is where we're picking up our story. And so their dead bodies were laid there, in the, were laid there for three and a half days and not allowed, and they did not allow their bodies to be put into graves. Verse 10, and those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Now, after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell, 
In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. Last verse we'll look at. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. So Lord, just again, we pray over these verses that we, we read. We, we pray for that work of your spirit, Lord, speaking to us through these verses. May you speak to us, Lord, and may you teach us in your ways, God. I know you have a message for everyone that's here. I know this is a different service, so there's a different message. Have your way during this time. And Lord, please remove anything that will try to distract. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You could be seated. Thank you. So the last two weeks, we've been talking about these two witnesses. We've been reading how they're on the earth for just a short period of time, three and a half years. They're prophesying, speaking forth the word of God. They're clothed with sackcloth, I believe, meaning that they come humbly. They don't, they don't come with great pride. They, they come in humility, but with a powerful message. God uses them in a powerful way. If anyone wants to hurt them or harm them, it says fire proceeds out of their mouths and people are killed. We don't know if it's literal fire, but we know one thing for a fact. When they speak, people drop dead. That's the kind of power these two men are going to have. They're going to have power to stop the rains for three and a half years, like Elijah did in the Old Testament. I believe one's Elijah, as we looked at. They're going to have power over the bodies of water to turn them to blood and to bring all kinds of plagues. Moses did that when he was here. I believe the other one is Moses. Moses and Elijah, representing the law and the prophets. That's my understanding. That's what I believe. But they're killed. But they were only killed when their testimony was finished. We looked at that last week. In other words, when God was through with them, then God allowed Satan or the Antichrist working with Satan to have them killed only when they were done doing what God called them to do. And yeah, I've heard someone uh, say that we're indispensable until, until God's through with us. So I want to look at verse 9 and look back at these guys. And what happens here in verse 9, it says, Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies, as the two witnesses, three and a half days, and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. If, if you know the Jewish culture at all, if you have Jewish friends, or you might be Jewish, or you, uh, you, you know and understand, this is a disgrace. Jewish people, when somebody dies, it's, they're demanded to be buried within 24 hours. It's not even a suggestion, within 24 hours. They need to be buried within 24 hours. They, they get that from Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 and 23. It says, their bodies shall not remain overnight. They shall bury them that day. So they take these verses and they say, well, this is law. If somebody dies, they have to be buried within 24 hours. So this is a total disgrace to these Jewish men. And it's, it's, it's degrading and it's an insult and... It's not good at all, but I want to look back at, notice it says those from the people, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies for three and a half days. People from all over the world is going to see this. Do you know about 50 years ago, we didn't have that capability? In other words, people are going to be able to, on their smartphones or on their televisions, there's, there's going to be a global type of thing that's going to happen. That's predicting that's going to happen, and we're living in, in such a day. Now, I just want to show you. Back in 1962, we had the first satellite TV. 
1990, we had the first 24-hour news channel. 1992, we had the first smartphone. In 2000, the first camera phone. We've gone a, come a long way, baby, haven't we? Wow. 2015, first live stream phone apps. 2016, Facebook Live, which we, we utilize for now. But people can literally see from all around the world. But check this out. I don't know if you've, you've been following this with Elon Musk. You guys see this? This Starlink? With Elon Musk, and he's either the richest man in the world or him and the other guy just keep going back and forth. But uh, his plan is, and he's already got this out, so this system's already working, but what he wants to do is have 40,000 satellites orbiting at the same time, and so we can communicate all over the world. So there's, right now we still have some dry spots in the world, but with this system, there'll be no dry spots. Literally everyone around the world will, have, will be able to communicate with one another. And so he's already, the system's out, uh, they don't have their 40,000 up yet, but it, within a few years he plans on having this. I was reading that their satellites are like, what is it, 60 times closer to the earth than a, a traditional satellite. So you get better coverage, you get better reception, and they're really close. And so, interesting. So, interesting stuff. Uh, 50 years ago, you would read that and say, as a matter of fact, I've read old commentaries, and uh, in old commentaries, they say, well, somehow they're going to be able to s communicate somehow to be able to see it around the world. Well, guess what, guys? We're there. We're already there, so that's fulfilled. But let's look back at verse 10. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, send gifts to one another. What does that sound like to you? Christmas, doesn't it? It's going to be like a Christmas celebration. They're going to rejoice. Note takers, take note. The first time we ever read, there's any kind of rejoicing that takes place during the time of tribulation but they're rejoicing over two godly men being killed. It's an evil rejoicing. It's like, ha, 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 like, like it's evil, it's wicked. But they're going to send gifts, they're going to make merry, they're going to celebrate. Why? What did these two guys do wrong? It says they tormented the earth dwellers. Things are going to be so wicked, people are going to be tormented when they hear the truth. What kind of truth were they sharing? Probably uh, judgment's coming. You need to repent of your sin. God loves you, wants to save you. Do you know for the most part, people that are in sin, they don't want to hear somebody tell them they need to repent. When I was in the world, you know, I had many people, a handful of people at least, would come up to me and say, Jesus loves you. God's got a good plan for you. And do you know there was only, I can only think of one person, my sister, that actually told me, you're in sin. According to God, you won't go to heaven unless you repent of your sin. Do you know I got so mad at her? Matter of fact, I, I've shared this before. I got so mad. I quoted scripture. I never read the Bible. I says, doesn't the Bible say, I'm quoting scripture, judge not lest you be judged? Where did I get that from? That's like demonic. But people, they don't want to hear that they have to repent of their sin. But, but that's the gospel. That's the first word. Repentance is the first word of the gospel. It's, it's yes, God has a good plan for people. Yes, yes, you know, God is love. And, and yes, you know, God loves you and wants to save you. That's true. That's all true. But people need to repent from sin. You know, we can love somebody all the way to hell. When my sister was telling me... In, sharing with me, um, this is before I was saved, okay, um, the, you're living with a girl, according to the Bible, 
if the rapture happens, you won't go to, to heaven. She was telling me the truth. If you were to die, you were not going to go to heaven. Matter of fact, you're going to go to the other place. <laughs> and she was right. You know, I thank God that someone told me the truth. Though I got mad at her, though I yelled at her, though I screamed at her, though I told her, get out of my, I don't want to blah, 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 blah. You know, my dad, I, when I told my dad about Jesus Christ, he yelled at me, screamed at me, threw me out of the house, told me I never want to see you again. My dad. Why? Because people in sin, they don't want to hear that they're wrong. They don't want to hear that they, they need to repent. Many, not everybody, but a lot of people at first when they hear that, they don't want to hear that. They're like, you know, they don't want to hear that they're wrong and that they have to repent. These guys are just telling the truth. These guys are walking in humility, but they were tormenting people. Why? Because people were loving their sin. And it's, this world is going to be so dark during that time that these guys are going to get killed. And I think through that, guys, I think, you know what? We still live in a country where we have a freedom of speech. I don't know how long that's going to last. Use it. Use it. Use your freedom of speech. We're told in James, let me see if that's, or excuse me, in Jude 1.22, and some having compassion, making a distinction, but others... So some, when you're talking to, have compassion. In context, most likely talking about false teachers, and that's what, you know, you're to, you know, in, in, with compassion, explain to them the wrong with compassion. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the, can we say that together? Fire. Fire. Hating even the garments defiled by the flesh. So we need to make a distinction of who we're, who we're talking with. You know, there's some you're going to have to save with fear. You're going to have to, you know, talk about these things. It, it's so nice when people respond in the right way, though, isn't it? I mean, none of us like getting yelled at. My wife and I, we were with Pastor Chad uh, a little while back. We had to go to our cell phone provider to make some changes and all. But the, guy, the young guy behind the counter, literally, when I'm at the counter talking to him, in my mind, I pray, guys, I pray you do this because it's so wonderful, it's so powerful. While he's talking to me, in my mind, I'm praying, Lord, just open a door for me to share, share your love and share the word of God. And, and so I'm praying that, I'm praying that, and then God just opened the door. And it was just a, a wonderful thing, you know. We started talking about church and all that, and then, you know, as it's so great, he's a young guy, so he's, got, he's on his tablet thing, and so I'm talking about church. He says, what's the name of your church? I go, Calvary Chapel of the Harbor, and then I start telling him, and I says, yeah, we've got uh, two services, 10 a.m., 12 noon. He goes, I know, I've already got you on my tablet here. I'm looking, so he's already looking it up and stuff. But he was very open to hear, and it seemed like to me it's the very first time he ever heard the gospel. And he kept asking questions, and what about this? And um, so I'm baptized. Does that mean I'm saved? When I was an infant, I was baptized. Does that mean I go to heaven? And I said, no. Matter of fact, you don't see anywhere in the Bible there was, there's infant baptism. He's like, really? No, it's not in there. And he kept asking questions, and then, you know, I just, I could, I think we were there, my wife says, two hours? I could be there right now, still standing there four or five days later. I could, I love talking about these things. Literally, my wife says, yeah, we were there for two hours. I was like, two hours, maybe 30 minutes, 20 minutes. She goes, no, two hours. I go, two hours? And literally, listen to this. This young man, it was a blessing to spend time with him. But literally, he says, you know, I want to hear more of this. You know, he says, this makes sense what you're saying. Of course it does. And it's so awesome when people respond that way. But there's going to be times where people are going to get upset at you. And we, we have to beware not to worry so much. And I'm not saying be obnoxious, please. There, I've seen people like this that are just totally obnoxious. 
I don't believe that's godly. It's not godly to be obnoxious. I love the style, what Jesus did with the woman at the well. He sat down and had a conversation with her, and it was, it was interactive as they were talking. It wasn't, you know, so Lord, help us with that. That's, let me leave it at that. I don't want to get myself in trouble. But as we talk about uh, sharing the truth, being punished, I'm sure most of you have heard this already. Did you hear about Canadian pastors jailed for breaching COVID regulations, refusing to tell the court he would stop services? Do you guys hear? How many heard about this already? Not even half, not even a quarter? That's all. Yeah, this guy's in jail right now. He's in confinement. He's not allowed to see his wife. He's not allowed to see his family. Do you know what his crime is? Doing what I'm doing right now. Wow. Having a church service. And the judge said, all you need to do is tell me, give me your word, you'll go back, you will not have church services anymore, and we'll let you out of jail, out of confinement. He said, sorry, I cannot do that. You let me out, I'm preaching. He's still in jail. That's the world that we're living in right now, guys. I love this quote. It says, rebellion against uh, tyrants is obedience to God. I believe that. Rebellion against tyrants is obedience to God. When, when government or anybody tells you to do something contrary to the word of God, we need to obey God rather than man. Amen? Amen. So he's in jail because he's obeying the Bible. So there will be sometimes persecution that happens. This is in the LA Times. Did you guys see this? Schultz, he's uh, the writer, is, was a born-again Christian, radical Christian. This is in the LA Times. Check this out. This is Linus and, and Lucy. So Linus sighs, right? And Lucy says, stop your stupid sighing. And he says, there's nothing wrong with sighing. She says, there is if, if it bugs somebody or someone. Listen to this. He says, it's scriptural. And she says, is what? And he quotes, he says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. Then he walks away and says, Romans 8th chapter. <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this response. This is classic. She says, I don't know, dot, dot, dot. She says, I'm either going to have to slug him or I'll have to start going back to Sunday school. <laughs> And, and I thought of that, and I, I think of this whole passage. This passage is that people sometimes, when we share, they don't know if they want to slug us or go to church because <laughs> they're affected by the truth because the truth should affect people. The truth for these witnesses affected people so much, they called it torment. They were tormented with the truth. They didn't want to hear the truth. Why? Because they were in a dark world. But people still need to hear truth because that's the only way that they could be set free but I want to look back. They rejoiced over evil. Question for all of you that are believers. How often are we supposed to rejoice? Always. Always. Wait, you know the scripture. Rejoice in the Lord. Can we say it together? Always. Always. Again, I say rejoice. rejoice. We're, we're to rejoice not sometimes, always. First Thessalonians 5.16. Can you say it with me, please? Rejoice always. always. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Guys, God wants us to rejoice always. We're not to be people, listen, we're not to be people driven by our circumstances. I hope you understand that. I've been sharing with you how next door, you know, I met with the architect. We sat down and, and, and made up some plans that we're going to submit to the city for next door and all that. It's going marvelous. It's going wonderful. Thank you for praying. Keep praying. 
because we're still negotiating things. But there was something that took place, and it's too premature. I can't even talk about all the details of it. But one of the things that took place, I, I was very discouraged about. I was very bothered by it. It was really bothering me. And, and I would, like, in the middle of the night, I'd wake up, and I'm thinking about it. I go back to sleep, wake up in the morning, thinking about it. And it was just really, really kind of trying to discourage me. And, and through it, I believe the Lord was saying to me, just rejoice in me. Don't you trust me? And I had to give it to the Lord. I, I had to keep submitting it to him and say, well, God, it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem, it's, it's wrong. And I, and I was going through that whole struggle of, you know, it just doesn't make sense and why and why. And then it's like, I, I submit it to you, but then I had to just say, you know what, God, I'm just going to rejoice in you. I'm going to trust you. And listen, when I finally did that, when I finally got my mind and my thoughts off of my circumstances, I was able to think clearly. And now, through prayer, the Lord gave me wisdom to show me actually what was bothering me the worst was probably one of the best things for us and for the church. But I didn't get that in my confusion. I didn't get that in my discouragement. I didn't get that. Why? Because my head was cloud, clouded with discouragement. And when the discouragement was gone and my rejoicing, I'm just thanking the Lord, rejoice like, God, I just submitted to you. I'm doing my best. I'm not being rebellious. I'm not trying to you know, be prideful. I'm just trying my best to do your will. This is your church. I give it to you. I rejoice in you. How are you going to do it, God? You know, I, I think you should do it this way, but if you want to do it this way, that's up to you. And then he showed me, guess what? His way's better than my way. And it always is. You see, it's called faith. We are called to be people of faith. You're not always going to figure it out. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. We're to trust the Lord. It's different if you're in sin. It's different if you're rebellious. It's different if you're fighting God. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you're submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you want his will. You want his purposes. You want whatever he wants. And sometimes it's not going to be the way you want it. And then when you surrender that to him, you give it to him, it's called a walk of faith. It's what we're all called to do. You see, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible, impossible to please God impossible for those that believe in him we're to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him we're called to a walk of faith we're called to trust him and let me encourage you when there's things going on in your life which you don't understand i can i just want to encourage you the best way i can keep rejoicing in him submit it to him and thank him for the situation that you're in because let me tell you this walking with the lord for many years father knows best he knows best with my wife, meeting my wife, I, I waited five years praying, not even dating, just seeking the Lord, and I thought it was an eternity. The time, the five, it was just terrible. It was just like, really, God? After meeting my wife, I can say this, I'll, I would wait, now that I know how good it is with being with my wife, I will wait a hundred times that. And some things are worth waiting for. God's timing is perfect. God knows what he's doing. It's an act of faith when you rejoice in him, even when your circumstances aren't the way that you would hope your circumstances to be. Can I encourage you, please? Rejoice in him. You see, if when I was single, I was so caught up in not having a, a spouse at that time, which the enemy wanted to do with me, I never would have found the spouse that God had for me. Why? Because I would have been walking around in total despair and discouragement instead of in the joy of the Lord. It's an act of faith. These people, during the time of tribulation, they're going to rejoice in evil. Can I suggest as a believer, 
We're not to just rejoice in good. We're to rejoice always. No matter what our circumstances are, can I please encourage you, keep rejoicing in him. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.